Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of Is This Real Life? It has been one crazy week for reality television. On Bravo alone, there have been multiple new shows added. So I started my week off, obviously, on Monday watching Vanderpump Rules, then caught the season reunion of Summer House, then we've got Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, the reality TV gods gave us Real Housewives of New York. And on Thursday was the season premiere of Southern Charm. So we have a lot to get into. But I wanted to get started by talking about an overarching theme that we saw in Southern Charm and in some of our other shows, which is that women are finally standing up for themselves and not getting thrown around by these Peter Pan syndrome guys who refuse to grow up and act like adults. This was best exemplified by the ladies of Southern Charm, all of whom are single now, with the exception of Cameron, who's expecting her first child and is nine months pregnant in the opening episode. So we've got Naomi, who has left Craig. You know, Craig's always trying to do everything and nothing all at the same time. He has all these hobbies. He wants to sew. He wants to have a fixer-upper. He wants to be a lawyer. But he's not being very honest with himself about what he really, what it takes to do all of those things. And he was really just dragging her down. Then we've got Catherine, who's not with Thomas, but is doing a great job trying to get her life on track and get access to her children again after failing a drug test a year and a half ago. She's got her own apartment um, and it has a room for the kids and she's doing this all on her own without Thomas Ravenel's help. Then we've got Danny, their friend, who left her fiance when things weren't working out. And we've got Chelsea, who's no longer with Austin after she found he was dating one of her friends. (laughs) And then the most shocking of all, is that Elizabeth is no longer with JD. Now, it has been crazy to me 
how JD and Elizabeth, while not main characters on the show, have been portrayed as having this perfect relationship and perfect marriage and perfect children. And then we find out that it's all a facade. And you know what? I blame myself. I should have expected this. I should have known this because if JD is Thomas's best friend, and Thomas has been known to be a philanderer, to dabble in drugs, to drink too much, to be a misogynist, then why would his friend be any different, especially if they hang out all the time and hit the bars in Charleston? Well, it turns out that JD may be worse than Thomas because he was acting as if he was this perfect guy and giving advice to everyone, including Craig, including Thomas, including Catherine, when really he's the one that's been in need of help this whole time. So we find out in the beginning of this episode that he has failed to pay $168,000 in rent on his whiskey business and is evicted from the space that he had been renting. So then he talks about how Elizabeth wasn't standing by him through this rough period and makes it sound as if it's her fault that she left him and she fell out of love with him and how he can expect to get crap at work but doesn't really want to get it at home. Now, what they don't show is all of the stuff that we're hearing about in the tabloids and that is likely going to be shown later on the season is that J.D. spent all of Elizabeth's family money On starting this whiskey business, he wasted a lot of this money on drugs and alcohol. He had not been faithful to her, and apparently when their last child was born, was on a bender and didn't even meet the kid until the child was three days old. Now, if any of you listeners can confirm this is true, please reach out to me at ITRL underscore podcast on Twitter or on Instagram, because I am so curious about this it's kind of seems like everyone in charleston knew this stuff about jd but even though i thought he was a little bit of a skis ball i didn't think he was that big of a skis ball now elizabeth finally put her foot down and jd is living across the street in the guest house and apparently only sees his kids once a week at least according to naomi who next week spills the beans on all of the crap on J.D.'s and Elizabeth's relationship during Shep's birthday party. Now, another person that I was so impressed by on Southern Charm was Catherine Dennis. I hope this season is the redemption of Catherine because she has been put through the ringer on the last four seasons. Everyone accuses her of being extremely melodramatic, of drinking too much, of being on drugs. And while all of those things are true, I don't think everyone else was too innocent in the situation. And now Catherine is sober. She's got her own apartment. Thomas isn't paying for it. And she seems to be getting her life back on track. What really was painful to see was her arm. So she shows Danny her arm that is covered in bruises because she has to keep going to get blood tests done um, to prove that she's no longer taking alcohol or drugs, even though it's been a year and a half since she failed a drug test. And while she understands that this is the lengths she must go to to get her children back, 
it seems pretty obnoxious that the drug tests are called not just by the courts, but by an agreement with Thomas, who is convicted for a drug felony. So pretty grossed out by that, but not as grossed out as I was by Thomas's new girlfriend. So apparently he goes to California, meets this sweet little nurse at a bar. She gives him a come hither sign. He comes over and they've been together ever since. Now she's got to be in her 20s and she then moves across country to live with this geriatric man. I mean, come on, he's in his 50s. What is she doing with him? Her name is Ashley, and Thomas calls her Ashley, as if there's three syllables to her name. And (laughs) Catherine points out that it's a good thing that she's a hospice nurse, because he's so old, he may need one soon. Oh man, I absolutely loved Catherine in this episode, and was just really glad to see all the guys being put on blast for acting like overgrown frat boys. So I tweeted out from the ITRL podcast Twitter that I was so excited to see the ladies of Southern Charm dismantling the patriarchy, and I am here for it. And Catherine retweeted and was really happy about that. So shout out to all you ladies on Southern Charm. I am here for this season. I am excited to see you stand up for yourselves, and you don't need to deal with this. There are better guys out there especially guys who aren't on reality TV. Next up, we have the ladies of New York City. Real Housewives of New York is back. And let me tell you, this is the most perfect cast they have ever had. It was so good that they didn't switch up any of the women from last season. So it starts out by showing Bethany, who has really grown into her charity Be Strong since last season and started by going to Houston after it was impacted by Hurricane Harvey and then went to Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria and has actually done more than almost any other organization or group in terms of relief. It really was amazing to watch during the off season how much Bethany has been doing around this and how everyone told her that it couldn't be done and she said you know what F it if it's too difficult then like that's when you actually have to go you know they're like there's no water there's no electricity she went ahead and did it anyway now I'm worried that she's going to spend the rest of the season milking this as if it's her only issue and she's so godly and wonderful that you know everyone should bow down to her But I'm actually more interested in seeing some of the other situations with the women. So Tinsley, still living in a hotel now, but she's made it a little bit more homey by adding some decorative couch pillows and picture frames, but, you know, can still order a cheese plate and have it brought by room service. So there's that. She's no longer with that guy, Scott, that Carol set her up with, but they appear to be still good friends, but I don't think she's quite over Scott. Now, Carol has broken up with Adam, Luann's former chef and vegan in desperate need of a haircut. Uh, But he still brings her coffee every day, and sometimes they still have sex. So not quite sure what to do with that. 
Then you've got Luann, who is recovering from her divorce with Tom. And it sounds like all of the ladies have reached out to Luann when they found out about the divorce and, you know, said that they were sorry. All the ladies, that is, except for Carol. Now, Carol actually thinks that Luann should have reached out to all of the women to apologize for calling them jealous bitches the last two years. Because as we all know, you know, Luann was in this relationship. All of the women came to her and said, you know, he's been cheating on you. We don't think he's good for you. You don't have to marry him. And she said that they were all jealous and just trying to, you know, pick her and Tom apart. Well, it turns out they didn't really have to do it. Tom did it to himself. And Luann finally put her foot down. They got divorced. Now, we know later this season that Luann is going to get arrested in I don't know if it's Palm Beach or West Palm Beach, but it is going to be quite a thing. And since that moment, I believe she has been sober and very into yoga and has kind of gotten a lot of clarity in her life. I'm really excited to see that. But um, pretty interesting uh, how Luann, it's still all about Tom, this you know first episode of season 10. Then we have my personal favorite character, Dorinda, who is throwing a Halloween party where you're supposed to come dressed as someone, you know, you want to meet dead or alive. And we'll get back to her in a second. She's still with John, the dry cleaner. Then we've got Sonia and Ramona. Ramona looks amazing. She's 60 years old, but fits into this pleather bodysuit to dress as Britney Spears, um, with with she has a headset like microphone and a handheld microphone for this Halloween show but that red pleather outfit is unbelievable and I don't care what anyone says she has the body to wear that and she looks fantastic now she's not making a whole lot of sense when she's trying to shade Bethany over Bethany's new house in the Hamptons that she's redoing, whatever. I don't have time for that. I'm annoyed by it. I don't really want to watch Ramona and Bethany fight anymore. I'm much more interested in seeing Dorinda. Dorinda orders this. um, She wants to dress as Lady Gaga for her Halloween costume, and she wants to wear that dress with the bubbles that Lady Gaga wore. Now, she orders this dress on online and doesn't read the fine print that describes what the dress is. Now, how many of us have done that? Of course, we've all ordered things online and it's come a little bit different than we expected. So when this dress shows up at her apartment, it's just the bubbles. It's it's not an actual bodysuit. It's not a dress and it's not put together. So what does she do? The classic, classic housewives move. She calls the costume designer from Saturday Night Live, who dressed Andy Sandberg when he dressed as Lady Gaga for Saturday Night Live. And this designer concocts a dress for her out of the bubbles that were sent in the mail. And it does look amazing. So everyone else comes as mainly pop stars, which I found funny. So we have... Dorinda dressed as Lady Gaga. We have Ramona as Britney Spears. We have Tinsley as Madonna from the Like a Virgin video. And then Luann comes in dressed as none other but Diana Ross, complete with extra bronzer and a full Afro wig. Now, only Carol seems to notice that this seems slightly culturally inappropriate. 
But I I couldn't help but laugh because only Luann could get away with something like that and say she was just trying to, you know, portray Diana Ross in her, you know, as I'm coming out, you know, she's divorced, she's back on the town. Then we have Bethany, who came as Barbie, but was dressed by some drag queens, so she looks like drag Barbie. But Barbie is neither a person dead or alive. Barbie isn't a person. It's a fictional character. So don't feel like she really listened to the directions very well. Then you have Sonia, who is dressed as Lucille Ball, but actually looks looks more like the Queen of Hearts from a very cryptic, scary Alice in Wonderland film. And then <laughs> you have Carol Radswell, who comes as Amelia Earhart. I mean, these women, like, what an eclectic group. I am all about it. I cannot wait to see what the rest of the season has in store. But from the previews, it looks pretty interesting. And that alliances change. And even Carol and Bethany's friendship is put to the test. And it sounds like they're no longer the friends that they used to be. Which I found pretty interesting because they seem to be one of the more genuine friendships that I've seen on this franchise. And the fact that they're not friends anymore makes me wonder... What exactly happened? It sounds like from Carol's interviews that Bethany has said negative things about Carol's ex-boyfriend, Adam, but I feel like it has to be a bit more than that and that Bethany was likely probably talking crap about Carol for Carol to get that upset about it. And I'll leave you with one final quote. When Carol said that she did not reach out to Luann because you know, she didn't feel the need to after Luann's divorce. She actually felt that it was the opposite. Lu- Luann should have reached out to everyone else. She said, and I quote, I wish that I could be insincere. Life would be much easier. Now getting back to the beginning of the week with Vanderpump Rules, which as you all know, is my absolute favorite show of all time. So it's really dramatic this week. It's kind of like almost staged as an SVU episode where the beginning is the crime, the rumor that Kristen and James hooked up, and then it goes back 12 hours. It shows everyone was out in Mexico at the club drinking. James Kennedy even convinces the DJ to let him DJ and brings his very own thumb drive of his music. Lala seems very proud of him. Everyone's having a great time. James and Kristen are actually getting along and goofing around. And then Jax describes the crime scene, which is that morning he gets up at 7.30 a.m. in his private, uh, in their suite, there's a private pool. It sounds like everyone ended up around 4.35 in the morning going to Brittany and Jax's suite and hanging out. And that... I guess Brittany fell asleep, Jax eventually joined her, and everyone went their separate ways except for Kristen and James. And at 7.30 a.m., Jax sees Kristen and James drinking tequila in the private pool. And he says that the couch cushions were brought over to the pool and were oddly arranged. Okay? So that's all he has to go off of. 
And while James and Kristen used to date and did hook up in the very beginning of her relationship with Carter, it just doesn't seem as plausible. And I think that Jax just wants to take the heat off of himself. So that's how it all begins. The rest of the episode is everyone trying to figure out whether or not the crime actually occurred, except for a couple of moments of absolute hilarity, which include a scene that Rihanna Instagrammed, which shows Katie and Tom in their hotel room following a night of total debauchery, where Katie is in the bed and she's asking Tom, who's in the bathroom, Bubba, what are you doing? And he replies, well, I'm about to go golfing. Uh, Right now I'm brushing my teeth, but on a deeper level, I have no idea. (laughs) And then it shows uh, a montage of the night before, which includes a lot of footage of Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz playing around with the penis flute that they bought on the street earlier that evening. Now, it looks like everyone had a really great time. But it's slightly uncomfortable to see how much they're drinking, especially Tom Schwartz, who later in the day when they go golfing, somehow decides to do an Irish goodbye. He doesn't tell his friends where he's going, and he ends up on a different resort in Playa del Carmen. And the people at that resort actually had to reorient him and bring them back to the resort where they were staying. Katie is obviously very concerned about his drinking, Tom is obviously very unconcerned about his drinking, and I think this will continue into next week. Then the other scene that doesn't have to do with the Kristen and James situation is Lala's boyfriend, Randall Emmett, sends her flowers, a dozen roses, to their hotel in Mexico. And it prompts Sheena to then go on the defense and say that she doesn't even like receiving flowers because they just die. And she doesn't even really like receiving presents. And it's no big deal that, you know, her boyfriend is not in love with her and doesn't like to kiss her and doesn't want to give her presents ever. Oh, my God. Sheena is just too much this season. So the guys all keep drinking, especially James and Tom Schwartz. James goes off-roading on the golf course, driving on the putting green. They all try and get him to stop. He is drinking so much. And even though he's drinking and doesn't quite seem to know what's going on, the guys, prompted by Jax, ambush James, and Tom asks him, did you and Kristen hang out? Now, I reround the scene about four times to make sure that he actually said hang out and not hook up. And I am pretty sure he said hang out. So James answers yes to this question, but he answers it in the way that you would answer a question, did you hang out with someone? And he's like, yeah, I mean, a little bit with like maybe a little, not really. Like that seems to be a normal answer just for someone who's quite drunk and trying to comprehend the situation. Now, apparently Tom thinks he asked James, did you and Kristen hook up? And all the other guys seem to think that that's what Tom asked. And so they thought he was admitting to hooking up with Kristen and go back and tell everyone that that's what happens. Now, I feel pretty bad for James. He definitely got ambushed. His words were taken out of context. And then everyone went back to Kristen and is like, well, James told everyone that you hooked up. Of course, Kristen blames this on James. And everyone else gets very frazzled and angry. And it leads to this total blow-up scene at dinner. Now, I 
don't feel as bad for James because in his confessional, when he was complaining about the situation, he called Brittany fat, which, come on, you don't need to throw things like that around just to make your point. Now, the interesting thing about this is that everyone seems to think it actually happened. Stasi, at least, is being very honest with Kristen and saying, you know, you've done things like this before. And so I'm just asking you these questions. Could you have not remembered it? You know, were you just really drunk? Um, You know, Kristen is very defensive. She keeps saying she would never do this to Carter and she's sticking to it. Obviously, Sheena thinks it happened because Sheena loves making a huge situation out of absolutely nothing. And the only person who really seems to come to Kristen's aid is Ariana, who, unbeknownst to everyone, just does not seem to think that this seems to be a likely situation. She doesn't think that James and Kristen like each other anymore. They're both in relationships. And despite drinking and having a fun night and getting along again, doesn't necessarily mean they did anything. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am absolutely living for the budding friendship between Ariana and Kristen. And if you haven't noticed it in the show, then I suggest that you follow both of them on Twitter because they've been tweeting at each other, making jokes, and standing up for each other a lot lately. In the other episode where Stassi and Katie and everyone seem to come after Ariana about her brother... The person that seemed to stick up for her behind the camera, behind the scenes, were was Kristen. And it sounds like Ariadne had a very rough night that night, was crying in the bathroom, and it was Kristen who actually came to her aid. And that's when they exchanged phone numbers, I guess unblocked each other's phone numbers, and were joking about the different ringtones that they sent for each other um, to know that each other was calling. It was pretty funny. Anyways, I'm a big fan of that. I'm glad that at least someone believes Kristen. I actually believe Kristen. For the first time, I don't think that she's lying. And I actually don't think James is lying. They just, I think that the people who did actually cheat this season, which include Tom Schwartz, everyone seems to forget, and Jax, They want the heat taken off them and put on somebody else. And so they're making a much ado about nothing. And I'm pretty sure it will all be proven wrong. The unfortunate part about this is that Kristen didn't see the footage of all the guys golfing when they ambushed James until right before the reunion was filmed. And so for the last however many months since this was filmed, like since August, she thought that James has been lying about them hooking up. And it turns out that he was telling the truth the whole time. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds during the reunion. Next up is the end uh, season ending of Summer House, which I missed from last week, and plus the reunion of Summer House. So just a quick recap that the season ends with people being a little bit frustrated with Kyle and Amanda. Kyle is kind of the king of summer, king of the summer house, and always made this rule that there was no couples in summer house, that that somehow made it not fun. But yet he ended up being the only couple in the house this summer, him and his girlfriend, Amanda. Now, Amanda doesn't appreciate Kyle's heavy drinking, which I don't think any girlfriend would. 
And she wants to have fun with Kyle and she doesn't want him to change, but she wants to be part of the fun and doesn't want to have to pick up after his mess, which I think is reasonable. So there is a dinner towards the end of the season where Kyle seems to blame the people in the summer house for why him and Amanda are fighting. And the people in the summer house take offense to that. They're like, we've been living with a couple who has been fighting and not talking about it that much. And now you're blaming us for your problems? So they were definitely not happy about that. And it seems like it's Kyle and Amanda and kind of Carl defending them on one side. And then Lauren and her sister Ashley, the workers circus, and Stephen kind of antagonizing the couple on the other side. And as you know... Danielle and Lindsay say that her, Danielle, Lindsay, and Amit are just trying not to get shot in the crossfire. So that actually plays over into the reunion, which I was pretty shocked by. So let's get into that. So after the season ends and filming stops, it sounds like people keep hanging out with each other except for Kyle and Amanda and potentially Amit because he's barely in the reunion and he was barely in the show and he's just absolutely boring well nice to look at not sure he'll be invited back and everyone seems to pile on Kyle and Amanda again saying that you know they never hang out anymore which Kyle says is true that he's just been really busy and then the girls say well Amanda you could hang out without Kyle and she says that she does try and they point out it's only when Kyle is out of town that she reaches out to them and I do think that is quite annoying we've all had a friend who just only wants to hang out when their boyfriend isn't around and when the boyfriend's around they're too busy for you so they don't think that Amanda has put in the work to be their friend friend and the fact that even Danielle the nice seemingly nice new girl believes this makes me think it's true then we've got Lindsay who is back together with Everett after all of that nonsense and craziness I mean she's a crazy person when she's with him he always seems to be hooking up with other girls he doesn't seem to have his issues sorted but apparently she thinks that it's worth getting back together and even Steven says that Everett has changed So, I don't know. Then we get into the whole Lauren and Carl drama, which has just been going on and on and on. Now, Carl admits that the way the show has been edited makes it look as if Lauren's obsessed with him and he's not giving her any signs that he's into her. And he says that's not true, that he did very much like her, that it was a two-way street and he does not appreciate how it's been portrayed. And Lauren seems quite defensive about this. She says, I'm a smart woman. You know, I know it when someone's not into me. But girl... Like, he's never called you his girlfriend. He's not trying to, you know, be exclusive with you. I don't, like, he's not that into you. <laughs> like, why can't you notice that? I, I don't know why it takes playing it back and watching it back on a show for you to figure this out. Anyways, Carl acknowledges that he led Lauren on and that she doesn't deserve the way that he treated her. And he even goes deeper into say that he's fallen into the pattern of his father and his brother who are both disrespectful to women. Well, I appreciate that he's noticed this now. I hope he does change. But, you know, 
it's pretty hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Now, speaking of an old dog, Carl finally comes clean about in details about hooking up with Sheena. He says that when he says hooking up, that it doesn't mean having sex and that he went out in New York with a bunch of the cast of Vanderpump Rules, including Jackson Brittany and including Sheena. And I think even Shep was in town, which just sounds like an absolute blast. Carl, next time you're having a party at your place and all the people from my favorite shows are around, let me know. I will come up anytime. So they're hanging out. They're at a bar. And I guess Sheena and Carl start making out and she goes home with him. And then the next night, they hang out again and hook up again. So this is where that We Hooked Up Twice comes in. And uh, Stephen, I think, was with them. So there are witnesses to this. So the fact that Sheena's been so obsessed with, like, this isn't true, like, they're lying, and her mom has just been trolling people on Twitter who are talking about this, it all ended up being true. The only difference is the word hookup and how you define hookup. And Sheena was very adamant that they did not have sex. And I'm sorry, but hookup does not necessarily mean sex. And so she should not have freaked out about all of this. It just brought more attention her way. And not to get off topic, but speaking of attention, she seemed to drop hints that she wanted to get her own spinoff from Vanderpump Rules. And I'm sorry, girl, but it is definitely not happening. So back to Summer House Reunion. It seems like everyone's friends, even Lauren and Carl, say that they're friends and hang out. Ashley and her husband Brad still live in San Diego. Steven is still besties with Lauren. They hang out with Lindsay, her new boyfriend Everett, and Danielle, and Steven. Steven's no longer with that guy, Travis, that he had been dating towards the end of the summer. Um, They didn't really ask what happened there, but I would be interested to find out. Steven is still not on the best terms with his family, and he's not sure if the family saw the episode where he talks to them and where they're shown on TV about not being supportive of him being gay. And while they love him very, very much, Um, Their religion gets in the way on that. It's just pretty heartbreaking to watch. But it seems as if the only people that don't hang out with each other anymore are Kyle and Amanda. They hang out together, but not with the rest of the group. And Andy asks a couple really interesting questions to them. He asks Amanda if she wants to marry Kyle, and she says yes. And when Kyle is asked the same question, he kind of skirts it. And Andy calls him out and actually says, you're acting like Kellyanne Conway. Give me an answer. Do you want to marry her? And he indicates that like that's where they're heading. But he never really says yes, which I feel like is odd. If you're truly serious about someone and you're on television with them, as a couple, and you've made it through two seasons of filming something together, and you talk about marriage, why can't you just come out and say, yes, I plan to marry this woman? He weirds me out. Andy also asks Kyle if he has a drinking problem, and Kyle doesn't seem to understand the question. He says that he's not very good at moderation. Dude, we know. But 
It sounds like drinking was the only thing they were ever arguing about and that when he wasn't drinking, they weren't arguing. So maybe he should just cut back a little, but it appears that he's unable to and he doesn't want anyone to make him change. I would hope that I know Amanda loves him very much, but maybe she could learn some lessons from the ladies of Southern Charm and throw him back out on his butt because, girl, he is not going to grow up. So last but not least, we have the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, all of whom are on a trip in Berlin, Germany. Erica Jane planned the trip and took the ladies outside of Berlin to the countryside where they go on a horseback tour. And while Teddy and Lisa Vanderpump are quite avid horseback riders, the rest of the group does not seem to be quite as gifted in that front, especially Kyle, who's quite nervous about getting on a horse because she's allergic. So she ends up riding a pony and um, looks like, according to Erica Jane, a kid that's just a little bit too big for the merry-go-round. Then we have Lisa Rinna, whose horse decides to kind of go crazy and everyone makes it seem as if it was a life and death potential situation that Teddy... Mellencamp naturally gets everything under control as the horse whisperer and speeds up to where Lisa is and gets her horse to calm down. Now, unfortunately, Kyle's allergies come back to haunt her, and it's much worse than just a little bit of itchy eyes and a sneeze here or there. Apparently, her eyes are bloodshot red, and she feels like she's having difficulty breathing. And we know that this is getting really bad because it actually shows the production crew and her saying, like, I need drops, I need drops, I need eye drops, I need allergy medicine, I need this, I need that. And she starts to actually have a panic attack which is quite scary um, for anyone who's ever experienced that. It's very terrifying. And I think that her allergies were bad, but that just being in a foreign environment, not knowing what medicine she could take, you know, not kind of knowing what to do next and whether or not her throat would close was what was leading to the panic attack to get so bad. So she ends up getting some German uh antihistamines that make her a bit drowsy when she shows up to dinner in Erica Jane's suite that night. Now, the dinner gets off to a little bit of a weird start because a lot of the women refuse to eat the appetizer course, which is uh, veal tartare. And so that's not going well. And then it just continues to kind of get worse from there. Lisa Rinna shares a bit about her daughter's anxiety disorder, which was interesting because until this point, I actually didn't know that an autoimmune disorder could create anxiety. Um, it's something called PANDAS, which is a syndrome that kids can get when they have gotten like a strep infection, and it actually launches this whole autoimmune response, which can lead to a lifelong anxiety disorder, which apparently her, uh, Delilah has. But anyways, so things are a little bit awkward, and then they get so much worse because Dorit decides to 
bring up all of these issues from weeks prior in New York, where she blames Kyle for not supporting her and for bringing up all of this crap at the Bella party. And Kyle is not in the best mood at the moment. She had a panic attack that day. She had an allergy attack. She's on these crazy antihistamines. And she does not have time to go back and rehash things that everyone apparently cleared up. And I guess they weren't cleared up because Lisa Vanderpump, of course, again goes and defends Dorit. And that was the whole problem and why everyone got in an argument. It wasn't all the things that they were upset about in New York. It was the fact that Kyle always, or that Lisa Vanderpump always seemed to be taking Dorit's side. And that really upset Kyle. And the evening just all went to hell. So the next day, Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle have a heart-to-heart, and I still don't think Lisa Vanderpump understands why Kyle is upset, but I hope that she listens and realizes that she treats Kyle differently than she treats other people, and she doesn't ever really seem to stand up for her. But at the same time, I can't remember what they're arguing about anymore. Now, the women hopefully would be able to put their differences aside when they go to a Holocaust memorial. And it was interesting to hear uh, Kyle share about her husband's family that originally was from Eastern Europe and are Jewish and had escaped World War II by going to Mexico. But also interesting to hear about Dorit's family that was in the Holocaust, um, originally from Poland and then immigrated to Israel. So... Again, you know, after that, I think they actually had a really nice trip. They went out, they drank beer, they had schnitzel, and everything seemed fine. But who knows next week? So thank you all so much for listening. I had so much fun watching all these shows this week. I hope you did too. And I hope we continue to see a lot of the women empowerment themes and sisters doing it for themselves. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.